suicide game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Hello out there and welcome to another episode of Things I Learned While Learning Other Things. This is an attempt by me, Joe Morahan, and my brother, J.S., to provide you with a series of interesting, informative, educational, and even enjoyable stories that will help you navigate through those high seas of life. Today is the grand finale, part 11, of Whining Weenie Wimps. Culture warriors gone mad. Word warriors gone nuts. It's crazy town out there in the U.S. in the year 2022. And I predict it will only get worse. Now, we concluded our last episode by me telling you, me informing you, me demanding you recognize me with my personal pronoun, Your Majesty. And that's not enough. It's Your Majesty with a capital M. And don't forget that I warned you, if you fail to recognize this, I am very active on social media, and I'm just getting started. And I will be as much a troll as I need be. That's how I ended our last episode. Well, if you don't recognize your majesty, things will get more serious. They're going to get more interesting for you. You see, my next move, will be to trot over to the HR department where, where I am going to report you for creating an unsafe work environment, a workplace for me. It is a hostile work environment. And you know what then, big boy? I assure you, you will be absolutely and totally screwed and crushed in this environment. You're going to be subject to disciplinary actions. You're probably going to be ordered to attend sensitivity training. And if you happen to be a white male, <laughs> you've got an even bigger problem coming, pal. Because let's face it, what's next for you is probably implicit bias training workshops for you, where you'll be lectured by former hairdressers now identifying as implicit bias training experts. And you're going to be required to admit that you are, in fact, a bigot. No admission? No admission of being a bigot? Well, that's proof you're a bigot. Sort of like the modern version of the Salem Witch Trials, where there really were no right answers for the victims, none whatsoever. Now, your employment file will be so marked, so noted. And the long and short of it is, pal, most likely you will probably be terminated. Yes, terminated. HR wants no intolerant people working for the company. And I have assured them, your Majesty, I have assured them I will be watching closely to see how seriously they respond to my complaints that you're not recognizing my pronoun properly. And I will, I will let them know how very active I am on social media. And HR definitely will get the picture, pal. Be assured the company certainly understands the implications of that, my activity on social media. And they're going to do, they will do everything in their power to avoid bad press. 
especially in this environment, you know, where there is so much discrimination everywhere you look. I mean, even COVID was discriminatory. Hurricanes too. We know this because AOC told us this in a con congressional hearing. So it's got to be true. I saw her say that. Scary, isn't it? This age of intolerance, white privilege, implicit bias, gender bias, ableism, age bias, systemic institutional racism, disparate impact, where, where even the Ivy League schools know and they report that Asians just, you know, they just score lower than black people on their social skills. I mean, really? If it's the Ivy League, it's got to be true. So back to you and your failure to recognize my program, my pronoun. I said program, but it's a program to get you to acknowledge my pronoun. So anyway, the company won't want to see its name drug through the mud of pronoun bias. <sighs> Given the world will soon know all about you, uh, no U.S. selfish, intolerant, and a discriminatory bastard. You're never going to find another job, pal. You'll never find another job. So let's get back to the basic point. You will refer to me as your majesty, won't you? Hey, thanks for being so understanding. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. One more thing. When I change my pronoun, I'll let you know as a courtesy. Love you. By the way, ABC News has just identified 58 genders from a pre-approved list on, and it's for use on job applications, um, of which one will be forced to select one of the 58 genders, which, beg two, which begs two questions. Well, one question <laughs> and one comment. Hey, what gives ABC News the right to restrict my gender choices to one choice and one and only one choice of the 58 they have selected? I mean, what gives them the right to determine my gender anyway? Those capitalist pigs, those one percenters. I mean, this is, this is systemic institutional bias at work. I mean, work literally. Hmm. Moving on. I would, I would be remiss if I did not share with you my two favorite genders approved by ABC News. A neutroy and a two-spirit. Hmm. That, that gives me something to think about. I don't know about you. So let me work to conclude our discussion of this entire this entire subject of the wackiness that is the world of the whining, weeny, wimp, word warriors who are always offended. I want to give you a scenario. I mean, and it's unclear to me how this situation can ever be properly rectified until it is recognized that this is just a progressive left loon problem that defies all attempts at rationality because offense is taken to anything 
And it's not subject to objective standards. It's subjective only in nature, meaning that the person taking offense to something or anything is entitled to be the sole arbiter of what is deemed to be offensive, reasonable or unreasonable. The offending party will have no possible idea as to what may or may not be judged offensive by the triggered party at any moment. We have no idea. You can't possibly know or even imagine what has triggered the the offended party or what they might consider offensive. And no argument with the victim is permitted. None. The victim is the victim and you are the offending party. And that's just the way it is. You have no standing. None whatsoever. You are just an intolerant a-hole. You must just stand there and take it. The cheese stands alone. You learned that as a kid. Reasonableness, civil behavior, it's, it's no longer to be defined. No, 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 no. And to show how crazy this is, I mean, for example, we have been informed recently that it offends black people, African-Americans, to mention someone is hardworking or articulate. Now, who could know this? Who could possibly know this? Who can even understand this? I mean, it's hard to understand things that make no sense. When morons make the rules, you wind up with idiocy. And that's where we are. Just who determines what is considered to be offensive? Is it arbitrary? Well, you be the judge. So I am now going to provide you with just a stupid illustration of how insane things are in America. But this is where we are in our society, and where we're way past, way past midnight in the Civil War on society. We're in the, in the, in the, in the dark of night now. So I, I want to begin the discussion with an assumption of a local librarian who is a lesbian. She has defined herself now, it's a change, as being gender variant. Now, this is on the ABC News list of recognized approved genders. I I, I don't know what this means, but someone in the ABC News DEI office, someone with extraordinary authority and power and with whom no one can possibly disagree. They do. They understand what this means. So there you go. So gender variant is on the ABC News approved gender list. Now I am going to refer to this librarian as the lesbian librarian because I'm not sure I understand what Um, the gender variant librarian might mean, and I mean no disrespect, I just think it's easier if I just say the lesbian librarian, I think we get the picture, and then if she's a variant of that, well, okay, you you can read into that, I can't. So I just want you to assume further, assume further, that this local lesbian librarian, at one time in her adult life, had been sexually active with men, males, Now, despite the fact that even a U.S. Supreme Court justice has no idea in legal terms what constitutes either a male or a female, 
I want you to just um, uh, assume that our librarian whom self-identifies as gender variant has had sex with what we ag agree is an undefinable male of the human species. And it seems possible that she might have. And it's within the bounds of reason in a patriarchal society, I think. So let us further assume that said lesbian librarian's sexual relations with these men, as we understand them, was less than satisfactory for, for reasons that are not relevant for any further to this discussion. It, it's, it's just enough to know they were not satisfactory. Simply accept they were not rewarding experiences. Now, assume that I enter the picture when I venture to go down to the town library to sign out, you know, a famous book. Now, I have never been to this local library before, and I have never met the local librarian. Therefore, I have no way of knowing that this is a lesbian or a gender variant person. I don't even know the difference, but I, I don't know her, so I don't know what she is. Wearing a dress, the local librarian looks to me to be a woman. Even if the Supreme Court can't define it, she looks to be a woman to me. But, you know, looks, I guess, can be misleading. I, I presume to think that she's a woman because as, say, let's say I'm a 47-year-old male living as a human being in the United States, in almost every case in which a person wearing a dress and who has looked to be a woman has actually proven to be a woman. A woman. So being fairly rational, I, I'm assuming that um, uh, I'm dealing with a woman. And as I approach the librarian's uh, desk, and her name tag reads Jane. Now, this is a woman, uh, a woman's name. It's a common woman's name, I might add. And I think I have every right to presuppose I am about to engage in a brief conversation with a woman librarian named Jane. Okay. This seems, I mean, to me it seems it's so intuitive. So I stand before Jane and I say in a, in a friendly tone of voice, hello. And I obtain, you know, a friendly response in return. Hello, can I help you? No, so far so good. I mean, all, all is well. So I asked Jane, Jane, do you happen to have a copy of Herman Melville's Moby Dick here in the library. At which time, at which moment in time, Jane absolutely flips out, just goes crazy. I know some people have, you know, now demanded, you know, in 2022 America, that we never again speak the word crazy. But I think we get the picture. Jane literally goes crazy as I ask for Herman Melville's Moby Dick. Jane proceeds to scream obscenities at me. She seems to even buckle at the knees, and she accuses me of being an insensitive white male and having created for her an unsafe environment. She has been triggered. And all this stuff, she yells at me in a very loud tone of voice. People, I can't, you know, people, I can't possibly presume to know their gender because as there exists right now, at least 58 of them, according to ABC News, I don't know what they are, but they all stare in my direction with hostility in their eyes. Jane 
has been offended, threatened, triggered. I am apparently a creep and a threat. And all this attention, all this commotion, all this commotion has caught the attention of a library security guard whom is now running at me, running in my direction. And, and now for me, the trouble really begins. I mean, I, and I don't even know what I've done. How could I possibly know that a simple request for the book by the famous author of Moby Dick has triggered in Jane's mind, subjectively, privately, horrific memories of her earlier days, back when her sexual orientation, unknown to me, has allowed, you know, back then it allowed her, you know, permitted her, maybe even compelled her to participate in sexual activities, relations with, let's call it um, a well-endowed dude. I mean, I don't think that'll come before the Supreme Court, but we, I think we get the picture. A well-endowed dude whom way back when in those days treated Jane, let us uh, conclude that he treated her this well-endowed dude, shabbily. We'll just go with shabbily. And let's, let's say this dude had been aggressive with Jane and forced her, subjected her to endure, um, well, I mean, who knows what Jane had to endure at the hands, of, well, you know, with the well-endowed dude. My mere, my mere mention of Melville's Moby Dick I was thinking only of Captain Ahab and a very, very large whale. How could I ever have foreseen just what Jane was thinking? You know, was it Moby that set her off? Was it that dude with the huge, uh, well, you know, what was Jane thinking of? Was it the Moby part? The dick part? How would I know? How, how would anybody know? Oh, what a day that was. It was... To witness what happened, I mean, witnessing such a triggering, it was like watching an exorcism. I mean, I guess we can ban the word Moby. Maybe that would help her. Maybe we can ban the word Dick. Hmm. We can ban the title Moby Dick. I mean, these are all things that have been done in society. The Catholic Church did a lot of this stuff. As you can see. This is a crazy situation, but it's not beyond the realm of comprehension. We've got to establish standards. This nonsense cannot go on. We have to have objective standards. We can't have a mental case, local, lesbian, librarian, a gender variant, establish civil behavior on the fly. Flipping out at the mention of Herman Melville's Moby Dick. I don't care what her background was with the well-endowed dude. It has nothing to do with me. Wow. It is simply chaos out, chaos out there. And it is getting weirder with the passage of time. So I want to I want to say, having talked about Moby Dick and the horrors of Moby Dick to at least the lesbian librarian Jane, now let's take Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks, who... During the COVID pandemic crisis, you know, the George Floyd, 
you can call them protests, but there are definitely riots out there. I know there are only uh, five blocks from my house. So wanting to do his part, Howard Schultz, CEO of Starbucks, no matter, no matter how misguided or inane this was, he announced that Starbucks was implementing a new program, a new policy, wherein when a customer went into Starbucks and ordered a cup of coffee, let's say like a double latte, extra cream, uh, extra foam, extra hot sort of thing, a 19-year-old degreed barista serving you your latte and ringing it up at the cash register, having just successfully completed a three or four hour training course sponsored by Starbucks in white privilege, implicit bias, systemic institutional racism that's been taught by former hairdressers turned social scientists, philosophers. They would ask each customer as you bought your coffee, would you like to talk about racism this morning? What? With a 19-year-old barista? Fortunately, this was a bridge too far for most people. And when people were rightfully, rightfully infuriated and affronted with the idea of being lectured to about bigotry while merely attempting to purchase a cup of coffee at Starbucks, it negatively impacted sales. Now, Howard, being a capitalist, reluctantly but astutely backed off such idiocies. Backed off. But this is where we are in America in 2022. The tyranny of the minority is such that you can't even buy a cup of coffee without being confronted with your bigotry, bias, and racism. The tyranny of the minority is fully engaged in the process of altering how you think, how you speak, what you might write, how you behave. And if you don't conform, <laughs> big trouble awaits you. So to the extent that such word, word warriors are able to make progress on one front in inhibiting your thinking or altering your writing or your behavior only encourages them to make ever-increasing demands to have you to conform to their other dreams, wishes, whims, desires, and demands. Mr. Bojangles, dance. And that, they'll call the number and you're going to dance. Now, history, history shows that efforts to alter behavior so radically don't end well. They just don't. But that may be the very reason why these same progressives are hell-bent on wiping out our history. As the philosopher Satyana once famously wrote, those who don't know history are bound to repeat it. And so ends our 11-part episodic adventure of the world of the whining, weeny wimps. Hope you've enjoyed. Have a good day. Hope you'll be back again soon for our next episode a subject which will remain unclear. Bye-bye.
outside game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Time can't be returned Misguided and all of my own At least that's what I thought I failed to see that I belong Everything I'm also Just a drop of rain and a thunderstorm Another grain of sand on the beach A blade of grass on a mountain field Another call on a rush house tree Could I miss what was in front of me? Two eyes that can't make you see. It's the mind that paints all these pictures, like the mirage of the deserts. I misread all the signals. I never knew that I'd been lost. I thought those from where. Mistakes, just things that I've done I can tell and I've broken the heart Can she forgive me? Can she forget? Can she keep us from falling apart? I hope that she knows that I'm in no harm My demons, they led me astray I trust that she will open her Just